Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. We're back. Uh, My name is Earl. I'm a recovering car dealer. And the name of this show is Earl Stewart on Cars. It's just not about cars. It's specifically how you can avoid being ripped off by your car dealer when you're buying or leasing a car. Huge amount of leasing going on these days. Almost as many people lease as buy. And, of course, repairing and maintaining your car. You only buy a car maybe every six or seven years, four or five for some people. But you maintain or repair your car at least twice a year. You should. Uh, it doesn't seem like if you have a... If you're a low mileage driver, a lot of people don't think about that, but you really should have your oil changed at least twice a year, unless you use a synthetic oil, and you can do it every 10,000 miles. But if you don't have someone look at your car twice a year, you're you're asking for a problem. Although today's cars are uh, much more reliable. I mean, much, much more reliable than they were 10, 15 years ago. Uh, this is a very unusual show in the sense that we tell it like it is. We do, don't pull punches. We name names. Uh, we name car dealerships, and we have a mystery shopping report. I, I mention this uh, every every week because it's unique. Nobody dares do this. Uh, uh, 60 Minutes does it sometimes. I don't mean on car dealerships, but to go into a business and uh, pretend like you're going to buy or lease a car, an uh, undercover agent goes in, and... Uh, they go through the whole process. Typically it comes in with an advertisement online these days. Sometimes we use television advertisements. And we find a really good price on a really good new car, maybe a used car. And we walk in there and we go through the purchasing process just like you would if you were going to buy a car. And it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me what happens to a shopper, a car shopper today when you go in to buy a car. I can't imagine going through this with any other product. Refrigerators, television sets, it it just can't happen. But we accept it and uh, we have no choice. Very interesting. It's a unique situation with car dealers. Uh, Car dealers are ranked dead last in the Gallup Annual Poll in Honesty and Ethics and Professions. Last year, 2018, was the first, uh, most recent year and car dealers were dead last. Just above us, eked this out for last place. I say us because in full transparency, I am a car dealer. Uh, just above us was congressman. And uh, does that surprise anybody? Just turn on the news, folks. It's a joke. Politics is a joke. Congress is a joke. Senators, uh, yeah. representatives. I was going to say, could you imagine if Congress people had franchise laws, but they got yeah. stuff just as good. Yeah, franchise laws. That's the reason car dealers are protected. We're a protected species, and we have been for many years. It's one of the best-kept secrets. People don't like to talk about it, but to be a car dealer, you have to have a franchise agreement, and that is between you and the manufacturer, and the car dealers have lobbied heavily uh, for close to 100 years, I think. Yeah. I mean, since the franchise system's been around for a long time. And they, they, they lobby to protect themselves against the manufacturers, and then they continue to lobby to protect themselves against the consumers. So car dealers can pretty much get away with most anything. A, there's a, that is a very interesting common thread. It, the car dealers are like incumbents. It's very hard to unseat an incumbent, mm-hmm. just like congresspeople. Maybe that's why people don't like us Yeah, and them. 
Yeah. And they have no choice. So that gets back to the show. We mystery shop car dealers every week. We have a recommended car dealer list and a do not buy from this car dealer list. And then we always disclose that on the recommended list, it's still buyer beware. Because even the good dealers, quote unquote, uh, have some tricks up their sleeves and they will take advantage of you. Occasionally we get a pure dealer. Uh, very, very rarely. Um, I can't remember the last one. I think it might have been uh, the Bill Wallace dealership in, in Martin County in Stewart, Florida. Uh, the uh, buy here, pay here, the low price, yeah, give me finance kind of a lot. Easy pay. Uh, occasionally. And a lot of times the pure honesty comes from one salesman uh, or one dealer perhaps. But usually there's um, a lot of things to be aware of. So stay tuned for the mystery shopping report. Uh, by the way, we shopped another luxury dealer. Uh, this time we've been on we've been shopping luxury dealers uh, we kind of uh, skipped over them for a while we shop palm beach mercedes a very interesting report uh, we were discussing this before we went on the air because there were some surprises in there i won't talk about it now because i want you to stay tuned um don't get the idea although i've been doing all the talking or Stu did Stu is my son he just uh, chipped in here with some thoughts about franchise car dealers but we also have rick kearney and nancy stewart in the studio rick kearney is a certified diagnostic master technician uh, he's been in the business a long long time uh, over 20 years he's lived through this uh, renaissance of technology is that a a good word for it. We've just, well, the, the technology has exploded <clears throat> in cars. It went from the old days when you could tinker with a car yourself, uh, pop the hood open, identify most of the components. And if you're really good, you could uh, tune your car up or, you know, uh, clean your carburetor. And I mean, all sorts of cool stuff that a lot of hands-on kind of people did. And then suddenly, I, no, it wasn't, it was suddenly, it, it evolved. And suddenly there was this, explosion of technology and computers and no more carburetors and 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 when you open the hood now you don't know what you're looking at it's a huge monolith uh, with uh, modules and uh, most people can't work or identify their cars so Rick Kearney's been through that he's now an auto computer scientist used to be a mechanic and now he's a scientist isn't that amazing Rick I don't know how you did it uh, all I know is every, whenever I say where's Rick he's at school he's studying something he's learning something new it's been a wild ride. That's all I can say. Yeah. But uh, if you have a question, and you should have more than ever before, uh, give Rick a call. Well, sometimes we get sidelined on the show with uh, devious uh, efforts by uh, car dealers to take advantage of you. But we got to remember, you got a lot of questions about your car. You know, strange noises. Uh, how often should I, should I repair this? How often should I service this? Do I change the fluid? Uh, what about a should I flush my radiator? Should I flush my transmission? Uh, I know you have a lot of questions, and there are no dumb questions, uh, because everybody in the back of their mind has that same question, and Rick will answer it. Well, if you go to your car dealer once every five years to buy a car, and you go to your car dealer twice a year to have your car serviced, mm -hmm. that gives them a whole infinite pot number of possibilities. It does. For them to rip you off, yeah, and or the, for them to be honest with you. And, and by the way, right. I was—I looked up that the other day. Seventy-one months is the length of average new car ownership. When the average person now buys a new car, almost six years, seventy-one months. Mm -hmm. I was amazed. Uh, it's a testimony to the reliability of our new cars and the low maintenance requirements. Uh, and uh, the irony is, if you bought a car six years ago. 
or five years ago, it's obsolete now in a lot of ways technologically. And a lot of those technological obsolescences are safety related. And it is a, you're driving a relatively speaking unsafe car if it's six years old. I'm not trying to sell you a new car. Uh, in fact, if anything, I'd recommend you buy a used car. It's a better value. But be careful if you're driving a five, six-year-old car. Nancy Stewart is my co-host. She's also my wife. And Nancy is a female advocate. She is she is really in there with a hashtag me too kind of a don't take advantage of women thing. And uh, she speaks out on this show, and she has developed a following, and we have a lot of folks out there, female folks, that call in thanks to Nancy. Nancy actually offers a reward for female callers that I'll let her tell you about right now. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, welcome. Thank you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. Uh, I offer, or we offer, the lady callers, first two new lady callers, $50. Yes, $50 for you to give us a call and share an experience with us or, you know, help us improve our show. Also, I want to address my Nancy at EarlOnCars.com, and uh, I apologize, but I am unable to reply to all of you. And uh, there are some emails that I am going to address during the show that Roberta has shared with me. It took a whole lot for her to share this story with me. It's very personal, very hurtful. And uh, also, I'm going to get to Gina. So the first two new lady callers, You'll win yourself $50, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, we have a caller, and uh, he's calling us from Vancouver, and I believe he has become a regular caller, well, and, th so. and that is Boston. Yeah, Good I morning, Bo Boston. I asked Boston to call us back and let us know how it went with those used cars at the... Uh, it was at a BMW dealership. Yep. Wasn't it? Was that last week? Yeah. I think it was. I, I missed last week. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, last week. Boston, tell us about it, please. So um, I just wanted to um, finish off uh, last week's uh, question because I know you guys were quite busy last week. Um, but there was, uh, so I explained to you how there was a whole uh, thing with X5 um, at uh, Brian Jessel BMW and all that. Mm -hmm. Um now, being that this is a unique situation where this is one dealer that basically has all all the uh, X5 and the rest of the dealers in, in the area, there's about five BMW dealerships within a hundred kilometers, and they're all they don't, they um, they don't have any other stock. So Brian Jess is the only one with the X5 35i. So my question is. Um, in order to get the best deal, now we've done some homework and all that, and the approach we're taking is we're gonna we've already emailed the dealership. We haven't gone in. Uh, we've told uh, in the email we said that we're serious about buying the car. Um, we're ready to buy if the price is right. And uh, my question is, you know, how can we get the best price? Um, we've talked to this uh, to the sales manager uh, directly, uh, and um, we're not sure. What's better, cash or financing? We're going to be keeping the car for a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
Well, have you made a? Did you? I, I think you told me you don't have True Car available to you, in Costco. No. Yeah, now I'm. I'm I can't hear anything. I've got. I think uh, he cut out just for a second. Okay. Yeah. Boston. Uh, Is that better? He's cutting out on my, uh, on my. If anybody can hear Boston, relay the information because I can't hear anything now. First, I could hear out of my right ear only, and now I can't hear anything. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're you're coming in and coming out. Yeah, it might okay. be your phone, Boston. Could it possibly be that if you moved around? Uh, no, I'm sitting down right now. Okay, I hear you. I hear you clearly now in my right ear. So let's proceed if we can. Okay. Is that better? That, that's fine. Thank you. Okay. So um, where where did I leave off that um, you were cut off? I believe you were asking if it would be better to lease or to buy the car. Oh, no. Um, would it be better to do a cash purchase or finance? Because I've, ah. uh, I've been getting mixed messages. Um, some people saying cash, mm-hmm. but then other people said finance because if you finance it, you can negotiate further down on the price. Yeah, it's uh, you. You should always <clears throat> negotiate on the on the cash purchase price, uh, whether you're going to lease or finance or pay cash. Uh, the reason for this is that uh, it gives less wiggle room for the dealer to uh, to manipulate the actual price. So if you're talking a cash sale uh, and you are doing your shopping around with the other uh, BMW dealers uh, or whatever means you have to do a shop and compare consumer reports. I assume they have consumer reports in uh, Canada, don't they, Boston? They do. Yeah. They do. Uh, consumer reports has a great, uh, It's a there's a charge for it. It's 25 or $30, but they will do an analysis for you on the best price of the car. At least they do in the USA. I, I hope they do it in Canada. But anyway, you do need negotiating on cash. Then, if you choose to lease the car, then you be you you require the dealer to take the price you negotiated your low price, put it in the capitalized cost on the lease contract. That way, when they calculate the lease payment, they're calculating it at the negotiated low price that you got. And uh, the same thing if you're going to finance the car, uh, you want to be sure you get a low rate. You check with your credit union, you check with your bank for the lowest interest rate, the best terms and whatever uh, down payments you, you you find best, but mainly the interest rate, and then you take the negotiated price and plug it in. That way, they can't take advantage of you on the purchase, and you've covered yourself on the lease, and if you want to pay cash, that's fine. The There is no advantage to paying, paying cash over installment sale financing. Uh, you're saving the interest money, but then again, a lot of people would rather take their cash, let's say you're... Uh, whatever you're paying for, let's say you're paying $30,000 for the BMW, you can invest that $30,000 as you see fit. Uh, uh, you can invest it in bonds or stocks or something that you feel gives you an adequate return. Today, you can generally get a pretty safe return that's higher than the cost that it would be 
for to borrow the money. Uh, it will probably cost you around. I, I'm speaking for U.S. now. I'm not familiar with Canadian uh, interest rates and whatnot, but I would say in the U.S. you could finance a car for about 3%, uh, maybe 3.5%. You can generally get 4 or 5% with a fairly conservative investment. So speaking for me, I'd rather, I'd rather invest my 30000 and then finance a car than I would to pay cash for it. But that's a personal decision. But by the way, yeah. I want to mention something uh, that I found out in the past week since we talked. Um, luxury car dealers, in fact, car dealers, sometimes get subsidies. They get uh, cooperation from their captive lender lessors. For example, BMW leasing uh, or BMW financing. Most of the manufacturers have their own leasing financing arm uh, operating just like a bank or a leasing company. And some of them, uh, for example, Mercedes credits a dealer and allows him to lease a car for less money if it has up to 3,000 miles on it. So if it's a demonstrator, a uh, company car, some car that for whatever reason could be from dealer trades or whatever, a car accumulates mileage, but it still has the certificate of origin. It hasn't been titled. Mercedes will allow you to get a break on the leasing price. Now, some dealers will take advantage of you on that, and you go to lease a new car, and you won't notice it, but they'll put $3,000 or 3,000 miles or just under 3,000 miles, say, on the contract. They'll get credited amount from Mercedes, it could be $1,000 that they can put in their pocket, or they can possibly give you a lower price. You mentioned that these BMWs had miles on them, and uh, that would be a good question if you lease yeah. to ask the BMW dealer, does BMW give you a subsidy of some kind? Are you credited for something that would benefit me in a lower payment? Uh, if, if BMW is passing it along to you, can you pass it through to me? Be a good question. Well, definitely, uh, we know it's either going to be cash or finance. The only reason why we're considering financing was because because of the fact that people were saying that because it's a longer if you do if you finance it uh, through BMW Financial, uh, you'll be able to they'll make commission on it. So therefore, you'll be able to have more negotiating room. Mm -hmm. And if you do a longer loan. Um, it you'll um, there's gonna be more interest charged. However, there is one uh, one little loophole which um, you probably I don't know if it's like this down in the states, but you're allowed to pay off your loan faster. So you could essentially pay off the loan in five six months if you really wanted to, or even three months. Uh, not the lease. You mean you mean a purchase installment sale contract? Yeah. No, not not a lease. Uh, uh, fi uh, financing. Yeah. Um, Boston, be careful. I know they they sound like they're encouraging you to lease. Uh, leasing is okay, but leasing is yeah. definitely advantageous to the dealer. It's advantageous to BMW. All the manufacturers now that I know are pushing leasing. When they lease you the yeah. car, this isn't necessarily bad, but when they lease you the car, they have you on a string because you have to make your lease payments to BMW. They know where you are. Uh, they might even have restrictions on you leaving the area, the country, uh, because they are they own the car. You don't. BMW yeah. owns that car, and they know that you have to come back to them before you 
choose another vehicle. And if you choose a Mercedes, they don't like that. There will be a disposition fee on that BMW when you turn it in if you don't lease or buy another BMW. There will also be a charge and penalty for above average normal wear and tear. There will also be a penalty for over mileage on the amount of miles they allow you, say 15,000 miles. If you put 20,000 miles, they might charge you 18 cents a mile. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you need to be aware of when you lease. Can be advantageous, but just be extra careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're not. Uh, we're planning on keeping the car for about ten years, so yeah. uh, cash or financing would be the best option. Very good. Boston, thank you so much. We we love your call for a lot of reasons. First of all, a very interesting situation. You're a very sharp, articulate guy, but coming from out of the United States, you're one of the first calls, maybe the only call we've had out of the United <laughs> States. And thank you so much for calling, and we hope you can become a regular caller. Thank you, Earl and team, um, for your honesty, and always, as always, uh, you guys are great at what you do, and um, look forward to watching the rest of the uh, live stream. Thank you, Boston. Have Thanks. a good one. Thank Bye-bye. you, Boston. Uh, from all of us here, we want to thank you. Thank you again. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, the ladies, uh, if you're listening, $50 for the first two new lady callers. And believe me, ladies, I have not forgotten about you. You have played a big part in creating a platform right here at Earl Stewart on Cars. And I do apologize again for not being able to reply to you whenever you do email me at nancy at earloncars.com. I get your emails, but I can't reply, and it's being worked on, and I hope that the problem is eliminated soon because you are an important part of the show. And again, Roberta, I am going to address your email later on in the show. I think we've got some text, don't we, Stu? Yeah, they're starting to pile up this morning. We actually got one last week after the show later in the afternoon, so I'll start with that, and we'll go in chronological order. Okay. Uh, And this is also uh, from a listener in Canada. So we are international, folks. Okay, so good morning from Eastern Canada. Question for Rick. A friend of mine has a 13 Prius with a very annoying audible alert every time reverse is selected. I've reviewed the owner's manual for a way to disable this, the only, only to learn that one must proceed to a Toyota dealer to have it done. A YouTube search returned one hit. However, it was for a 2008 model and did not work for the 2013. The vehicle's onboard infotainment also did not offer an option to deal with this. If a dealer solution <coughs> exists, then why would Toyota not allow its customers similar access? I wait word from the inner sanctum while continuing to enjoy your show. Well, I really can't tell you why Toyota won't simply have that as an adjustable feature that the customer can do. Is it possible, Rick, that it might be a legal issue that maybe there's some municipalities or even countries uh, that have a requirement that when you back your car up, there is an audible alert? That is possible. Yeah. That that certainly is a possibility. And right. In the U.S., we don't know about it. Right. Oh, again, their their legal department may have plenty of reasons why they restrict that access to that feature only to technicians. However, as a technician, I can take my scan tool, plug it into your car, and I can switch that beeping from a continuous beep to where it will simply be a single beep when you put the car in reverse. Can you make like a much radio, less like a ringtone shine, like like a pop song or anything like that? No, Darn. I wish I could. 
But so how would uh, uh, apparently the technicians in Canada that he's talked to haven't learned this? Can you say in simple lay terms, without getting too technical, how you do that? Uh, for the techs in Canada, it's, it's simple thing: of plug the scan tool in and go into a section called Customizable Features. Customizable Features. Yep. And then in reverse, it'll show where you can switch it from continuous beep to a single beep. Okay. Well, there you are. Uh, tell the tech that uh, this is what he got to do. And if he's got a question, call Rick Kearney in the uh, United States. There you go. <laughs> and he can call us next week on the show. Calling code 1 plus the number. Okay. The next one, also going in chronological order, we had an, an email sent. Uh, to us uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, it says, Mr. Stewart, I am reaching out to you as a person that can hopefully help me. I have listened to you, you on the oldies radio and weekends answering questions to listeners on car buying. I didn't want to call in, but I wanted to write. Um, I've been a Wellington resident for 20 years. I find myself in a huge bind that worries me daily. From what I hear and what I know of you, maybe you can assist. I have a 2013 Kia upside down on the balance. Over the years, we had to defer payment due to health reasons and out of and out of work during that time. My warranty and during that time, my warranty on the car has expired. I have over a hundred thousand miles on the car. Our credit is less than perfect. My husband and I both work full time for the state, but have a fixed, limited income. My problem is I cannot trade the car in, so I've been told because I'm up, upside down. I, I do not have the money to place along with the trade. Um, Daily with me, I find myself being sick and afraid that the car will break down and then I would have nothing. The check engine light keeps coming on. It's beginning to make small noises. My question to you, if I can please, what are some options for someone like me in my situation? Any help you can give me with direction would be so much appreciated. It's hard for me to ask for your knowledge out of embarrassment and pride. Thank you for reading and I hope to hear from you soon. Well, I think the first thing you need to do is establish the exact, exact uh, state of repair needed by your Kia. And uh, if you haven't had it in uh, to a dealer, that mechanic that you can trust, you need, you need to get some sort of analysis or estimate as to what it would take to turn it into a, into a uh, safe uh, car. It's possible it can't be. I mean, it could be uh, that the 2013, uh, the car is uh, five, six years old, uh, it might not be worth the money you have to put into the repair. On the other hand, it could it could be, and it could be uh, far less than you than you think. Uh, 100,000 miles is really not that many miles on a 2013 vehicle, and those uh, used to be 100,000 miles uh, was a huge amount of miles on a car. Today, 100,000 miles isn't a huge amount. In fact, uh, Kia properly maintained could last 300,000 miles and, and maybe even more. Uh, Kia is, is a, and I, I don't know the model you have, but it's a relatively reliable car. Uh, it, it's a, it's a, a relatively safe car. Find a technician, um, uh, find a, a dealership that will do an analysis on your car and ask them ahead, up front if they can check it over for you, explain be honest, I can't afford to, uh, to spend money right now. I just need to see how much it's going to cost me. Uh, Rick, what would you say? Uh, is there anything that, that, you, that you would recommend that they ask that mechanic for, that technician for, to do that would help uh, clear up the picture as to whether she should keep the car? Not really. That actually covers it pretty well. I would simply 
Uh, the only other thing I'd mention is if their check engine light is coming on, <coughs> excuse me, um, I would recommend run into your local AutoZone and just ask them to pull the codes because they'll do that for free. Exactly. And once you have that code, you can go on to Google and you will find a huge assortment of sites that will tell you what that code means mm-hmm. and whether it's something that is really important to be taken care of now mm-hmm. or something you can just kind of live with and ignore for a while. So the check engine light uh, is not going to give you the code. It should, but it doesn't. So you have to go into Jiffy Lube, would you say? Uh AutoZone. AutoZone. AutoZone is one I know for a fact will do it. Free. AutoZone will do it free. Yep. And their AutoZones all over the place. And they will they will be able to plug your car in. And it could be more than one code. And they will tell you what the code is. And they and, and you could probably ask them what the, uh, what the code means. Or you could go to Google. Yep. And it will do it. Well, odds are, if they pull the code, they're going to be trying to sell you the part to yeah. repair it, obviously. Because yeah. that's how they make their money. Sure. And if you simply tell them, okay, well, I, you know, I need to double check this, or I just want to get a second opinion, and you even say, well, is it something really important right now? Yeah. If they can't answer those questions, I would just go home and Google it, and I guarantee you'll find plenty of information yeah. on a, what it means. Stu has a point. I have a, a radical suggestion, and um, and th- something that might become more common as we get into the future here, and it's if the car repairs are something that they can't afford to pay. Um, and the car is not going to be something they can continue driving. Ride services like Uber and Lyft have begun offering like a subscription service. Lyft announced something late last year uh, for $300 a month, which is, you know, close to a car payment, um, where you get about $450 worth of rides. So if you're retired and basically you're just heading up to the grocery store and, you know, the movies here and there, it could be a viable solution for somebody who can't afford a car anymore. Yeah. You don't have to worry about maintenance I didn't or know insurance. That's, that's a great idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, that would be $300. Without insurance. Not including what you'd have to pay for insurance, not including what you'd have to pay for gasoline, mm-hmm. right. for tolls. It covers all your for, transportation. For the maintenance, tires, oil changes. So mm-hmm. th- that'd be a pretty good deal. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. brought it up. I actually, it's been, I, a, been around for a while when you, yeah. <coughs> excuse me, you mentioned it before. Yeah. How yeah. many miles is that <coughs> per trip? So? I did the math on it before. Um, it's pretty good. It's um, basically, um, f- it'll get you to the store and back every yeah. day of, of well, the month. We can Google that because that, that is uh, an incredibly good thought for a lot of people yeah. for a lot of reasons, health reasons. Uh, financial well, reasons. I, I personally, I know somebody who's uh, getting into that situation right now where they're not capable of driving, mm-hmm. um, and also concurrent with that, their car is falling apart. And so this is the solution we're, we're investigating right exactly. now for the friend of mine. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, I think we gave you an answer. I think uh, you you have a backdrop there with the Uber Lyft solution, and we'll get the details on that a little later in the show. And meanwhile, you just need to get that check engine light uh, diagnosed and see what the potential cost of repair is, and AutoZone will do that for you. It give you the codes free. You can Google the codes, or perhaps they will interpret them for you. Get an estimate, and then you can make a decision of what you want to do. Uh, thank you for a text that a lot of people have in their mind is how do I repair that car that I got that I don't want to keep, and can I afford it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great solution, I, and I do think this is going to become more and more common yeah. Um, yeah, as we Absolutely. Along. Let's get the number out. We'll Absolutely. go to another text in a minute. But let's yeah, uh, I'll give out the number, and that's 877-960-9960, and the text number is 
6730. Uh, we get some more text here. Yes, we do. Okay. Um, before you go to that text, uh, I have word that Roberta is listening. And Roberta, uh, I'm going to go ahead and read your email. That's really very important. Love your show. Have learned a lot. So glad you're getting the word out. It seems a case where the general population says it's always been done this way, and they accept it. I'm a gal in a 2007, and I went to West Palm Beach Kia and bought a new Spectra. Big mistake. Never should have gone alone. We'll never do it again. Besides getting really ripped off financially, after the sale was complete, one of the salesmen... Well, I'll polish this up a little bit, uh, was uh, very offensive and uh, stepped over the line. And uh, I had never been treated like that in all my days. I am single and dating. No one has ever come right out and asked me that awful question. Roberta, my apologies. First of all, for not being able to get back to you, I explained earlier uh, that uh, Nancy at EarlOnCars.com, I receive emails, but I can't respond. So if you would be kind enough to call me at 561-386-6498. Now, to the situation that took place at Kia, you know, I always tell the ladies and that, it goes for everyone. Do not go into a dealership alone. That's number one. And don't do business with a salesperson that's pushy, disrespectful, or intimidating. Uh, if you've seen Earl's commercials, he talks about just turn around and leave. And most of all, express yourself. Let them know exactly how you feel. Again, I apologize for the disrespect that that car dealership gave you. Please give me a call. I'll say just one thing to Roberta um, and anyone. If you get treated this way, a man, woman, uh, by a salesperson or any employee in a car dealership, go to the supervisor and then go to the next supervisor and ideally go to the general manager, the owner. Uh, car dealerships, I have 180 employees uh, in my car dealership. I'd be uh, dishonest if I told you that all 180 uh, uh, performed perfectly all the time. So if you have a problem with one particular employee, you want to find out about it. If you are a good supervisor, manager, uh, owner of a business, car dealership or otherwise, you want to hear about it. But when you're mistreated at any level in any business, Go up as high as you can in the chain. By the way, how high you can go in the chain is indicative of how much the owner and the um, general manager cares about his employees. If if the owners and the general managers exist in a, in a protected room somewhere with no phone numbers and no way to contact them, that tells you a little bit about the business. But if the owner will open himself up to calls and visits and... Uh, emails and text, then that means he cares. Well, if you go to that person, he'll correct the problem. So Roberta shared with me that she was unable to go to that level. Yeah. And I don't know exactly what was going on that day in the Kia dealership, yeah. uh, but it seemed like as if that, uh, well, 
They ganged up on her, oh, and it was four different men in the Kia dealership, mm -hmm. and it's really unfair. This is the 21st century. If uh, everyone hasn't gotten the memo by now that women should be respected and that they should be given, you know, the same respect that men get. So, Roberta, I hope that we've addressed your problem. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Rosemary, and she's been holding. She's calling from North Palm Beach. Good morning, Rosemary. Good morning. Um, I would like to know, uh, is there such a thing as uh, your tires having dry rot? Uh, we leave our car here over the summer and go back north, and uh, a dealer told us that we had dry rot. The car is 2012, and it's the original tires. Well, 2012, I believe the recommended replacement on tires is uh, five years? Uh, it actually varies because some yeah. manufacturers will say simply to inspect them at five to seven years. Others will say five to seven years is kind of the age of the tires when you should consider replacing them. Um, from a technician standpoint, I, I usually will look at the tires closely. If it's just minor, is small cracks on the sidewall. Dry rot? Hmm? I mean, would you have to be a, an expert? No, not really. Uh, what you're looking for is on, on the tire itself, if you see on the sidewall of the tire just what looks like minor little surface cracks on it uh that i wouldn't worry about that at all if you look in between mm -hmm. the tread of the tire if you see any large cracks between the treads of the tire then i would right. might be a little more concerned about it and i would consider replacing those tires There's just for safety's uh -huh. sake is there a possibility there may be what a lot would of tire happen? warning what would happen would i suddenly get a flat or a blowout or it would be hard to say, but uh, it certainly is possible that if if the damage gets deep enough, that yeah, the tread could start to separate and it could cause a blowout. I mean, it's, it'd be a very rare occasion for that. Rosemary, what make tires do you have? Janola. Um, Goodyear, Michelin, uh, it's Firestone, Malibu. It's the original Malibu. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Look on the tire and ask your uh, dealer or your service folks uh, to check with the manufacturer. They can always go there, and that way you'll get two things. Even if they say no, uh, they'll tell you whether the tire is safe or not. The uh, manufacturer will have to be honest with you because it's a safety issue. Uh, and you might possibly uh -huh. have some sort of a proration warranty uh, if there is a defect of some kind on the tire. Uh, it's worth it's worth uh, your time just to find out. The car only has fifteen thousand miles on it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So how how long have the tires been on? So the, the tires original. don't. You know, original tires, yeah. Really. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd get someone that is a tire. You know, I, w I would ask Goodyear, Michelin, or whatever the manufacturer of the tire. You can go to a Michelin, right. go to uh, directly to the yeah. tire dealer, let him look at it. He'll give you an honest opinion. Well, the car dealer did tell me that because uh, we had a flat tire. My husband hit something and got a flat tire, mm -hmm. and uh, there's no spare in that car. Yeah. So we had to have it towed to the dealer, and they they were, they were holding the car there, and we said, "What's taking so long to change a tire?" Well, you have dry rot. 
Yeah. And they wanted to replace all the tires immediately. Well, understand, and I didn't Rosemary, have the money for that. Rosemary, the manufacturer yes. of the tire, not the car manufacturer, carries the warranty. Car dealers do not have any warranty on your tires. Even if you bought the, t- the car there, they don't warranty the tires. So that's the reason you need to know the make of the tire. They're either Firestone, Michelin, something. And then you go to that dealer, tire dealer, not car dealer, right. and then right. let them look right. at it. You'll get a more honest opinion, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Rosemary. Right. Appreciate the call very much. Keep on listening, Rosemary. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a first-time caller, too. Ooh. Oh, you are, Rosemary. Congratulations. Yes. You've won yourself $50. Stay on the Thank line you. and give us your information. I'll get that check out to you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for being part of the show. Thank you. I listen all the time. <laughs> Thank Thanks. you. Okay, we're going to go to uh, Denise. Denise is calling us from Asheville, North Carolina. Good morning, Denise. Denise, are you still on the line? I am. What can we do for you this morning? How are you? Hello? We hear hear you, Denise. How can we help you? Hi, um, my name's Denise, and um, I'm actually from Asheville, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been there? Yes, love it. Thank you. Yeah, me too. So I have a um, a very nice car. It's a Honda Accord. It's a 2011. But I also happen to have five grandchildren ages seven to three. (laughs) And I need a new car, but I don't want a van, and I don't want a gigantic automobile. I also, when you live in the mountains, it's really kind of nice to have some kind of truck. Um. So, and when it snows, it rarely snows there, but I would like something so I could drive around in the snow. Most of the time, I just stay home if it snows because it's usually gone by the next day. Um, so, I want to buy a new automobile, but I don't want to spend a fortune because I'm close to retirement, so I don't want a lot of bills. Mm-hmm. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. My son <laughs> has got some comments yes. about new cars. <laughs> well, I would say uh, one thing you want to consider uh-huh. is a... Late model used car yeah. certified. I've always said that used cars are better values if you choose the right one. Uh, much better value than a new vehicle. You've got a 2011 now. Uh, you could you could go up into a 2015 or 16 and have a manufacturer certified used vehicle. And uh, I think there's so many SUVs. Uh, on the road now for the very reason you described, Stu. Well, I, I was just going to parrot everything that I learned from my dad. I was going to say, start with Consumer Reports and make sure you're finding a, 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 you know, a, a highly rated um, a mid-size SUV. That's, I think, that, that, would, that would keep you out of a van, give you the room, and you can find all-wheel drive SUVs. So look, start with Consumer Reports. I think Honda's pretty highly rated. The MDX is their mid-size SUV, and there's other ones like that. Yeah, and find a certified one that's a few years old. You'll save a lot of money, and you'll know you're, you're going to get a good, reliable car. All right, I think. And I have my consumer report right by my um, where I sit on the couch. Right. That, that's so helpful. Yeah, they rate, they rate the used cars, too, don't they? They'll say the best they used do. cars. Oh, yeah, they, they do. do. And yeah. also, when you decide you want to buy uh, AutoTrader, AutoTrader.com is a great source of where and how many and what the price is. So once you choose the vehicles you want in Consumer Reports, use vehicle, they have a great uh, 
information on, on late model used vehicles. Then you go to Auto Trader and you, pay, you take the models that you want to find and you can find all the dealerships around Asheville. You can put in the zip code and you can find dealers, uh, say, within a 10, 20, 30 mile radius of where you live and they will list. You can sort by price or whatever factor you want to sort by. You can go from the lowest price to the highest price. You get a Carfax report available to you on AutoTrader. That way you would be sure you're not buying something with a Takata airbag recall. And, and if you do all that, starting with consumer reports, then going to AutoTrader, I would end up maybe even buying the car through the AutoTrader, I mean through the Consumer Report car buying program. You can buy a used car or a new car. Uh, you can also use TrueCar.com. And if there's Costco deal, if there are Costco stores in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, then you can also use that program. But AutoTrader, remember these: AutoTrader, uh, TrueCar, Consumer Reports. Those are your sources of information. So what, I hope we helped you okay. out, uh, Denise. But that Consumer Report, congratulations for having that right by your side. And and also, yeah, I have it with me. I love that book. Yeah. Um, do you think it's foolish to get the one, you know, I, mean, I don't have five children with me all the time, but the three rows, do you think it? I really need that or? Yeah, my, my personal thought is a personal choice. Uh, I'm not a fan for the, for the uh, third row. Uh, uh, you you know better than I because you know your driving habits. You got you got a bunch of kids. Yeah. Stu has a comment. How how many? There's four four grandkids. Five. Five. You might need the third row. Yeah. Because um, a lot of the in the SUVs yeah. and, um, and and the vans too. The 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 backs they might have captain chairs in the back seat where you can only fit two kids in the back. So depending if the one, right. one of them is big enough, you can f squeeze one in the front, two in the back, and then you're kind of yeah. out of it. So the oh. third row is kind of crucial. Um, I know because I've I've spent the last 16 years trying to cram <laughs> kids into SUVs and minivans, so uh, I'm kind of an expert in the matter. Squeezing them in there like little sausages. Yeah, you gotta have you have to have the third row. Yeah. And you gotta have hopefully bench seats in the mid row. So. Yeah. And uh, D uh, Denise, you know, it, uh, research the car whether you want a you know whether you want a truck, whether you want an SUV, whether you want a car, you know, research all of that. And uh, as our old you know, sh shared with you earlier uh, about Costco, uh, Auto Trader, True Car. Uh, these are amazing places uh, to start the process. But most of all, I love going to the internet and getting the pricing because they don't know who you are. They do not know uh, who uh. you are. So you don't have to fear being taken advantage of. I hope we helped you. And I love Asheville. Hey, Denise, how do, do the grandkids get along? Because uh, close proximity <laughs> sometimes will play a factor in uh, what vehicle you select. <laughs> That's where those inside DVD yeah. players are awesome. Right? <laughs> he keeps touching me. He keeps touching me. <laughs> I, I know, I know. And you know what? I just realized that my youngest one just got married, so I'll probably have more grandchildren. So oh, wow. I need to plan. Yeah. You might so need one of those big uh, buses. And you've been very helpful. Thank yes, you. putting yeah, a plan I'm, I'm into place. I'm thinking bus at this point. There you go, yeah. Denise, I, I do need a bus. <laughs> it was a pleasure talking to you. I hope to get to North Carolina. Earl and I had a great time in Asheville many, many years ago. We were young, and we had a ball. You live in a beautiful yeah, part of the yeah. country. I love it there. Except, so. except you Thank can't you buy liquor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Can't buy liquor. Uh, I have a funny story to share with you, Denise, before you go. I hid Earl's liquor 
he couldn't find it, and he couldn't purchase it in Asheville. Well, I'll tell you the rest of the story in another show. Thanks, Denise. Okay. That was back in 1936, though. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, I think that Stu has a oh, yeah. few oh, more yeah. texts. As a matter of fact, a long list of texts. Yeah, we've got to knock these down. But we did get a call, caller um, who hung up who had a question about the Lyft subscription service. And I looked it up. Um, it's $299 a month, and it gives you 30 rides um, up to $15 each. If you go over, you pay the difference. Um, so that would be a, a amount to, if you're li- driving around locally, you got one, one ride a day, of every day of the month, for oh. $299. Uh, and well, I know you don't know the answer to this, yeah. but I wonder what a $15 ride, how, what the di- distance would be. I know that in Uber, you know, it's going to depend on the time of day and all that. Um, just to give you an idea, yeah. um, recently did an Uber from West, downtown West Palm Beach to Jupiter, and it, w- and it was around 9 o'clock at night. It was about $30. Yeah. So that's kind of a long ride. If, if I went down the street to my grocery store, mm-hmm. I'm sure it'd be a fraction. You could probably Google average cost of riding yeah. by Uber, but that's great information. Yeah. And uh, I think this is going to be an important solution to a lot of people, yeah. particularly older people, people with uh, with medical problems. Fantastic. Okay, okay. we got some text here. Yep. Um, given your past history with Ed Morris and Seaview Radio, as you discussed last week, do you plan on doing another mystery shop on an Ed Morris dealership? And that's from Randy in Tequesta. Well, I think we're long overdue, Randy, and I think that uh, we probably should. Ed Morris has got several dealerships. Uh, he's a major factor in the market, and uh, we need to... Uh, uh, check with them. We've got uh, got Ed Morse Honda. We've got Ed Morse Toyota. Ed Morse Cadillac that I can think of immediately. Yeah. Are there other Ed Morse stores in this area? I know he has some in the Tampa area. Yeah, um, there's plenty to choose from, and we have a, a brand new uh, mystery shopping agent who is unknown to any Ed Morse exactly. dealer. So uh, yeah, I, I we we guarantee some Ed Morse uh, mystery shops coming up. Okay, we'll do that. Thank Randy. Thanks for the suggestion. We'll put that on our schedule. Okay. Uh, we have one from Bob and Stewart. It says, good morning. My question is, does your dealership service uh, dealership service department follow the manufacturer's maintenance schedule, or does your dealership um, have its own maintenance schedule? Our dealership has a uh, recommended maintenance schedule. Uh, of course, we follow the manufacturers, and our policy is to uh, be fully disclosed anytime we recommend something that is not on the manufacturer's recommended list. When I, when I advise uh, listeners to have only the manufacturer's recommended maintenance done, that is with a slight reservation because there are sections of the country, there are, there are uh, climatic conditions, there are road conditions, temperature conditions that can be extreme. Uh, we, it's a big world we live in. Mm. When you build Hondas or you build Toyotas, you got them in the Sahara Desert and you got them in the uh, Antarctica. So you can't just say the manufacturer suggested uh, maintenance is going to suffice all the time. But it will 99% of the time. Rick, you have a point? Yeah, that's especially true when you're comparing a, uh, someone that lives in downtown West Palm Beach versus someone that lives out in the Loxahatchee Groves area on a dirt road. Their air filters are going to have vastly different rates that they need to be replaced. Same Good with point. the cabin filter. Good point. I have a question because I don't know the answer to this. I believe that uh, Toyota recommends a uh, cabin filter replacement at 30,000 miles. 
In most cases, yes. However, now they're actually recommending, uh, like for the Camrys, more often. They're actually yeah. recommending my it at 15000 My question is, what if I have a, a vehicle with 30,000 miles and the manufacturer says replace the air filter? Shouldn't I ask to see the air filter? Sure. And if the air filter is crispy clean, should I just say don't replace it? You have that option. That's yeah. a, that's absolutely your yeah. right. Okay. So there you have it. The answer, Bob, is that uh, as a rule of thumb, just adhere to the manufacturer maintenance. But if you live in some sort of an extreme condition, as Rick said, a uh, really dirty road, dusty road, uh, you should listen to a recommendation. Makes mm -hmm. sense. I would say this, though. Stay away. Remember the word flush. Mm -hmm. Stay away from flushes. Yep. Flushes are very expensive, and they're really unnecessary. Transmission or radiator, not needed, right? The only one thing I will say on that, if you ask to see your cabin filter, mm -hmm. and it's been 30,000 miles, mm -hmm. uh, take a quick look at it first, because it may be dirty enough that it may make you a little concerned and a little queasy mm -hmm. seeing just how much dirt did not get blown into your face and was collected by that filter. I have seen some of them that are just packed with dirt. It's horrible you. looking. Yeah. But yeah. that's that's all the stuff that it prevented mm -hmm. from being blown into your face from your air sure. conditioning. But if you've got a low-mileage car that lives in a pristinely clean area, oh, it's, yeah, no. it's, it's entirely possible 30,000 miles mm -hmm. is too soon. Yeah. yeah. What else we got? All right, we have uh, this is from Robert Stewart. Um, he's oh he's he's got some advice for Boston who called from uh, Canada. He says for Boston buying the BMW, we have a BMW X5. They are number one on depreciation and number one on maintenance cost. The older the car gets, the worse. So caution. <laughs> Ooh, BMW wow. X5. Is that right? Wow. Yeah, and I also I can add into that is it's one of the most prevalent Takata affected cars um, that be, uh, as far as BMW goes. That's what usually one of the go-to ones when we're searching for a Takata car is a BMW yeah. X5. Yeah, I don't want to give anything away, so I won't talk about the mystery shopping report, but I will say that we've learned recently there are some cars out there with defective airbags where the uh, replacement inflators are not available until the year 2020. And in fact, in the middle of 2020. So you basically got yourself some vehicles out there, and um, BMW is one of them, where the Takata airbags cannot be fixed for close to a year and a half. It's frightening, scary, and amazing that the legislatures will make it that it's legal to sell a car that not only can kill you, like a hand grenade going off in your car, but you can't fix it for a year and a half. It's perfectly legal to sell that vehicle and not disclose it. Mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> I'm hyperventilating. Yes, you are. <sighs> Give us a call toll-free, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, Boston, uh, I didn't mean to leave you out. I do know that you did email me. I hope you know that uh, I'm just unable to reply to your email. We're going to go to Jeannie, and uh, she's calling us from Ocean City, New Jersey. Hi, Jeannie. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? Oh, we're doing wonderful. Thank you for giving us a call. You just won yourself $50. Awesome. Thank you so much. That's yeah. Great. Stay on the line and give us your information. We'll get that check out to you next week. What can we do for you today? Well, I have a, a kind of a simple, basic in, uh, car, uh, I mean, car question. 
I, I had recently a, a low tire pressure gauge on my car. I took it and, and took it to my local dealer, uh, my local car repairman. He filled the AR the tire up with air, and then three days later, the same thing happened again. I brought it back in, and it was a nail in the tire. So they repaired it for me. But I'm thinking, is that really okay? Is it okay to repair a nail that's in the tire versus I should just get a new tire? Rick can answer that. That's my question. Well, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be repairing a nail puncture on my wife's brand new no. RAV4 that she's had for <laughs> 10 <weeks>. days. <laughs> and yes, it is absolutely well, I, safe, provided that okay. the nail is in the center tread portion of the tire. If it's okay. not in what, what's termed the shoulder, which is the very last section of tread on each, on each side of the tire, if it's in okay. the middle and it's just a small puncture, then it can be very safely repaired with what's known as an internal patch, and they're completely safe. We do them all day long, and we've never really had an issue with them. Okay, well, that's good. I, I assume, you know, I really trust my mechanic, and I figured it was okay, but then I thought about it, and I thought, hmm. So I thought I'd give you guys a call. Well, um, thanks, Jeannie. Hey, are you watching us on Facebook or YouTube? Well, how, how did you catch us in, actually, in New Jersey? I'm actually visiting, I'm visiting my dad right now down in Florida. Oh, fantastic. A, well. he, he is a, a loyal fan, and he listens <laughs> to you guys religiously. Oh, He's wonderful. He's a car person. Wonderful. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, I bet you're enjoying the weather a whole lot more than you would in New Jersey. <laughs> I'm sitting out in the backyard, and it's lovely, yeah. Thinking um, of I, your friends. It's nice in the summer, but it's nice to be down in the warm weather, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jeannie, thank you so much for giving us a call, and thank your dad for listening. And we'll get that and 50 out uh, to you. Making, thank you. I feel much more secure now about that tire. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening. Right. Have a great <laughs> day. Bye-bye now. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Donna, who's calling from Palm City. She, too, is a first-time caller. Good morning, Donna. What can we do for you this morning? Hey, Donna, we still Hello. got you there? There she is. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. And I um, just wanted to share an experience that I had a couple of weeks ago with uh, the Infinity dealer here in Stewart. Mm -hmm. um, went in to test drive a youth vehicle. And uh, it was a Volkswagen Tiguan that apparently had had the uh, tuner installed on it. And when I started it up, it, it was just horribly noisy. And I made a comment to the salesperson. I'm like, that's awfully noisy, and that shouldn't be that loud. And he's like, oh, well, it's got, they've put a performance uh, exhaust system on it, so, you know, it's going to be loud. Like, Okay. Well, what he didn't know about me is I've been around cars all my life, so, you know, I'm probably better educated than most females about it. <laughs> so I knew something wasn't right, and, you know, the car was nice and everything, so I had my husband go look at it. Husband went and looked at it, got up under the car, and there was no muffler on it. <laughs> so they were trying to convince me that the loud noise on there was because it was a performance package right. and they didn't have a muffler on it. Wow. So Boy. that was number one. That was the first thing. And mind you, too, my husband grew up in a gas station and repair shop. So both of us, you know, have a good background in, in automotive and, uh, and cars. Oh, good for so you. anyway, the next thing we're talking to him about, you know, what... Uh, 
to buy the vehicle, and they send me the deal sheet. I had them to email me the deal sheet. So I asked them, I said, can I want to see an itemized breakdown of all these fees on the deal sheet? Well, that's just our fees. And I said, well, I want to see what the dealer fee includes. Well, by law, we have to charge that dealer fee. Wow. That's a, no. <laughs> that's a fib. So, <laughs> so needless to say, we did not do business with them. Um, but I wanted to make you aware because, you know, then they were then they agreed to put a muffler on it. And after, you know, I told them I wasn't interested any longer, they were still hounding me for about two days to come in and take a look at it. Mm-hmm. So uh, well, Donna, I, I just pre- wanted I, to share that experience with you. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, Don, let me, uh, if you got a pencil handy, I, I know the uh, owner of uh, the Infinity Store in Stewart. His name is Mario Margato. Uh, that's the uh, last name uh-huh. is spelled M-U-R-G-A-D-O, Mario Margato. And we were talking earlier about sometimes the, the, the person in charge doesn't know what's going on in the trenches. Uh, I'm sure he right. does know about the misdiagnosis of that problem you had with your infinity and the noise. Uh, and he probably doesn't know that his salespeople are telling you that law requires they charge a dealer fee. In fact... I, yeah. I, I know Mario Morgato not well, but I know him uh, by reputation, and uh, we served on the Florida Automobile Dealers Association uh, uh, Board of Directors together. Uh, if you wanted to <coughs> email him, I have his uh, email address here. You could email okay. him, and I believe he'll respond. He's very responsive uh, to customers. Okay. Uh, his email address is mario at morgato.com, M-A-R-I-O. Mario at Mergado, M-U-R-G-A-D-O dot com. Uh, email him and, and tell him what you told us, and I think he'll make okay. some changes over there. Okay. Yeah, and the the thing with the muffler, too, it, um, it, it just, I couldn't believe that they were doing that. And then and talking yeah. to, the, to the sales manager exactly. about it, and he's like, Mario. oh, yeah, you know, we're finding that people don't like the noise, the fact that it doesn't have a muffler on yeah. it. Mario needs okay. to know about that. And <laughs> ridiculous. If, if you don't get a, if, if you get an answer or don't get an answer, call us next week, and I'll give you a cell phone number. Uh, but I think uh, okay. we'll, we'll start with his email address, and, and then I'll give you a cell phone number. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. I just wanted to make you aware because I, I don't want anybody else having to deal with that kind of experience. So. Thank you, Donna. Donna, you're a first-time caller, right? Okay. Yes, I am. Thank you. Why don't you stay on the line? I feel like giving out another $50. What do you think about that? Okay. I think that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> Very good. I'll get the check out to you next week. Give us a call toll-free right, at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, youranonymousfeedback.com. Let us know how you feel, and you will remain anonymous. We're going to go to Tina. She is a regular caller. I do appreciate her every week, as we all do here at Earl Stewart on Cars. She calls us from Bonita Springs. Good morning. How you doing, Tina? Good morning. I'm doing great, and thank you very much to the ladies who are participating this yeah. morning. And yes, the fifty dollars is actually a thing. So if you, you're a new caller and you want fifty bucks, and you're female, please call Earl Stewart on Cars this morning. Oh, thank you. <laughs> anyway, um. J.D. Power reared its ugly head again this morning. I was noticing another J.D. Power article 
and it was saying uh, how there's one American car company that's just as good as the top three. It's in the fourth position. It's Chrysler, and we all know how good Chrysler is. Not. <laughs> so I just want to. I just wanted to. I know that we've talked about JD Power before and how you really need to ignore them. But there's something called the J.D. Power Industry Standard, and I was wondering if you guys could kind of expound on that a little bit and explain to the listeners and the viewers on Facebook how worthless this is. Now, the uh, J.D. Power, uh, Tina, I, they're a big company. They've been around a long time. Uh, I, I knew the owner at one time. And uh, uh, the, my one problem with J.D. Power is, they do a lot of surveys, they do a lot of rankings, and then they sell the right to use that to the uh, manuf- manufacturer that wins the, the prize. So if you, get, uh, if you get an attaboy reward from J.D. Power, it might be legitimate. I'm not saying it's not, but uh, I just don't like the idea with money changing hands with rating services. The reason I love Consumer Reports, when they give a car a good rating, they will buy the car from the dealer. They won't even accept a gift of the car from the manufacturer, much less the dealer. <clears throat> they will not accept advertising from the dealer. There's absolutely no consideration in legal terms that changes hands. So all of Consumer Reports' revenue comes from contributions and donations. It's a not-for-profit. Uh, they're pure. Uh, J.D. Power, I say, I just take everything with a grain of salt. But they do have a standard by which they judge car dealers and um, and manufacturers. And I, I have to tell you that I've seen I've seen uh, high-rated car dealers that are very suspect to me, and I wonder why they got the high rating. So I don't know if that's the answer you expected, Tina, but. Uh, I wouldn't disregard J.D. Power. No, I quote him myself, but uh, I just always, I, Consumer Reports is so close to my heart. They, they, they can't touch Consumer Reports yeah, in integrity. Really. Yeah, and if you don't have Consumer Reports, there's always carcomplaints.com. Mm-hmm. That's a really good resource, too, especially if you love looking at things online. And it's free. Yeah. Carcomplaints.com doesn't cost you a dime to, to enter into that one. That's an amazing so, site. One, one, yeah, but one big issue I have with J.D. Power is unlike uh, um, Consumer Reports, it only judges like short-term reliability and build quality. It doesn't go long-term. Yes. And long-term is where you want to go, especially if you're buying a used car. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, uh, Consumer Reports uh, also has a short-term, but they, they follow up with a long-term. If you'll recall, Consumer Reports ranked Tesla a 100-perfect uh, and that was the initial car they put out. They tested a brand new car, and they gave it a per- perfect score, 100. They had never given any car a 100 before. Uh, four years later, that car was on the do not own, don't buy list. They they took it off their recommended list. So yeah, a brand new car can be really really nice, but when it gets a couple years old, things happen, and that's what JD Power isn't looking at. Yeah, they're definitely not looking long range. But I think people, because J.D. Power is so well marketed and so popular that people put a lot of stock in it. And people need to kind of take a step back and realize, hey, listen, just because it's a major market leader and because it's so popular, don't put two cents worth into it. Kind of take a step back and do your own research. Doing your own homework is going to tell a lot more truth than some company 
that's paid for profit. Yeah, absolutely. To use a uh, an expression, they're in bed with the manufacturers and they're in bed with the car dealers. They're very close. The way I knew the owner, uh, he used to uh, attend meetings that I attended. We call them twenty group meetings, and uh, he was a guest speaker, and we paid him. I mean, yeah, once you start paying people money, uh, you're not going to get an objective view, and that's what that's the problem with JD Power. Objective view. Yeah, how many, how many, how many people have the moral scruples to offer an objective review? Yeah. These companies just want to get in the pockets of other people and get paid, and yeah. you know, it's not about safety, it's not about quality, it's not about reliability, it's about just make me a little wealthier. That way, I can make my stockholders happy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like buying a car from a car salesman. He gets 25% of the profit that he makes. The more profit, the higher the price, the more money he makes. Now, what kind of objectivity and honesty are you going to get? I mean, that puts, even if the car salesperson is totally honest, when you say, if you make $1,000 on Tina on this sale, you get $250. But if you make $2,000, you get $500. And he's got a family to feed, and he's got a budget. That really tests even the most honest person. So I think that money and commissions, uh, bonuses that are paid to people, uh, puts them in an adversarial relationship with the customer, and that's just not a good thing. No, it's not a good thing whatsoever. And the better, like we talked about a long time ago, the better you treat your customers, the more business you're eventually going to get, the better your reputation. Mm -hmm. It's going to build your business, and the other guys who are a little less than dishonest will not like you. And guess what? That's their fault, not yours. Amen. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Tina. There you're you good. go. You're a great call. You know what I think about you when I'm when I'm driving the show? And I'm thinking about Tina. I'm th- now thinking of you as Tina Bonita. I don't know why. <laughs> Bonita Springs. Tina Bonita. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. As I was just checking. Tina Bonita. As, yeah. as long as you don't call me late for dinner, it's all good. <laughs> there you go. That'll be your nickname, right? I Tina feel Bonita. the same way, Tina. Th- yeah. Thank hey, you thanks much, for Tina. tuning in, and thanks for calling. Stay with us. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, Earl's latest column uh, and uh, blog, uh, Most Florida Car Dealers Break the Law Every Day. And uh, you can read that uh, not only at uh, Florida Weekly, uh, but uh, you can uh, take a Go to EarlOnCars.com. Uh, there's a few different ways that uh, you can uh, take a look at that. It and hometown is news. Very, very interesting. And as Stu said, hometown news. Yeah. Okie dokie. That's more text. Yeah, yeah, we got, text we us. got a few to get to. Um, we have one here from, we don't have, oh, Boris, I'm sorry. We have Boris in South Florida. His question is very simple. Car wax, hydro silex, how does it compare to Carnova wax? And I can answer that question. Good. That's because I texted Alan, Alan. Um, our <laughs> collision repair and insurance expert, and he got back to me. So hydrosilex is a ceramic coating. And Alan says, I'm not going to take credit for it, he says, um, I think the ceramic coatings are great and actually have a better shine and luster than traditional wax. But he cautions. Uh, a lot of people try and sell professional installations, and they can cost up to $1,500 to get that on your car. Wow. Alan says, it's ridiculous. Don't do that. You can buy the stuff for the same price as car wax now, and you apply it the same way with an ex- excellent re- uh, result. I looked up Hydrosilex online, and they do sell it. It's in a 
squirt bottle. So you can do it yourself and save yourself a lot of money. Wow, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, that is fantastic. You yeah. can buy this stuff just like wax. Yes. Yeah, it actually, I think it's a liquid. It looks like I, uh, the, uh, I closed up the website, but it looked yeah. like a, just like a bottle of cleaning, you know, like a Windex or yeah, something. Yeah, you luxury car owners out there, you're the ones that are paying the high price for this. So you buy yourself a Mercedes, BMW, or Rolls Royce, and then they sell you this ceramic high-buck stuff for 1500 bucks. Right. Of course, if you're buying a Rolls Royce, you don't want to wax the car yourself right. anyway. Right. I'll wax it for you. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. It's a, so thank you, Alan, uh, if you are listening. Alan is uh, convalescing. He has... Uh, little surgery you got to go through minor he's fine but uh he's doing good his first uh, surgery his very first surgery his first doctor special. i believe yes he's never seen a doctor since That's he was delivered exactly way back in uh, 1984 get, <laughs> get <Okay>. well. <laughs> so get the well. next text comes uh from there's no name on this one here but uh says i was told by my mechanic that if i haven't changed transmission fluid after about seventy thousand miles i shouldn't change it I shouldn't change it now at 155,000 miles on a 2007 Mazda 3. Is there anything to this? Rick? Hmm. Uh, there was an issue years back with Ford transmissions that the friction material on the clutch disc would start to break down, and it would actually saturate and get in with the fluid. And if you change the fluid, you took away all the friction, and the transmission would quit working. On that new of a Mazda, though, I find that very unlikely. That being said, however, at 150,000 miles, that may be not even a, a need to replace that fluid. Yeah. I would check your owner's manual for the recommended maintenance on your transmission. And if, if Mazda says that it should be changed prior to that, then I would go ahead and do it. But otherwise, Rick, can you tell anything by looking at it anymore? I mean, back in the old days, you used to look at your transmission fluid. Yeah. Can you see anything? If your car has a dipstick for the transmission, which a lot of them now don't, oh. you don't have no, you have no access at all. Right. You can pull the dipstick out, wipe it on a paper towel, look for any signs of heavy grit or shiny material, shiny metal particles, yeah. and as silly as it sounds, sniff it. Mm. If it smells burnt. Um, I'd be concerned and get a mechanic to evaluate it. Mm -hmm. But most times it's going to be kind of a, a brownish color, not really red anymore. It's going to be a dark brown. It won't be black, and it shouldn't be real watery or runny. It should still be kind of thick. I wonder if you could and train you shouldn't a, see much in the I wonder way if you could train a dog to sniff transmission fluid, and he would have a much better nose, and his mm -hmm. opinion would be much more accurate. Probably, but you'd have to teach him what burnt smells like versus yeah, say, you know, you have to regular do that. You toast. Have to, yeah. to train him. Yeah. Well, we'll make a note of that. We'll try it and see if we can. I will get Harley on that immediately when okay. I get home this evening. I will start because she's a hound dog. So yeah. I'm. Mean, hey, she's got a great nose. Okay, got another text too. <laughs> yes, this is from uh, Steve in New Jersey. Uh, Steve says, "Hi, Earl. Steve from New Jersey. Last week, I found out my Subaru had an airbag recall. Called my dealer, who scheduled me for repair this Thursday. Quick service." It took Lexus eight months to replace my airbag in my wife's car. Wrote to IIHS, who confirmed that, to their knowledge, IIHS knows of no 2019 model year vehicles that are being manufactured with Takata airbags with defective inflators. So that came up the week before last about the new cars being manufactured. That's the yep. Insurance Institute? Yeah, that's the uh, 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 Highway Safety and something like oh, that. Oh, NHT, yeah. okay. No, 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 it's IIHS, which is the other one. They do the crash tests. 
I yeah. believe, yeah. Yeah, yep. I think it's the insurance group, yeah. So that's good to hear if that's if that's accurate. <laughs> Absolutely, very yeah. good. Right. Speaking on that subject, I did get an anonymous uh, uh, comment on, on my email from someone with accolades for Honda, and he was t- he talked to the apparently some Honda manufacturing folks and, and reminded me, and I mentioned this on the show, Honda, of course, has more uh, Takata airbag recalls than anybody, but they also have jumped on the bandwagon. Maybe necessity is the mother of invention. They had to jump on the bandwagon. They are really being proactive in getting those cars off the roads. Mm-hmm. They're going to junkyards. They're going directly to uh, into communities. They're getting on their advertising. Uh, they're checking with their dealers. They are proactively going out there trying to find these Hondas with these effective airbags. So kudos to Honda. They're trying hard. You had to. They also cut off all relationships with Takata, and of course Takata's bankrupt now, and they're owned by somebody else, the name escapes me, but they do no business with the Takata manufacturing folks. They have a brand new supplier of Takata inflators. Good for them. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, one last text, and we're caught up. Um, oops, I just lost my spot. Here we go. Uh, the question was about Blizzard Pearl paint. Uh, we talked the week before last about not having a clear coat of white paint and how it fades mm-hmm. and degrades e- easily. The question was, does Toyota's Blizzard Pearl paint have uh, a clear coat? And the answer to that is yes. The, the pearlized specialty finishes mm-hmm. have a good clear coat, so you're not going to run into the same issue. It's the flat white. Uh, in, with Toyota, it's color code 040. Yep. And uh, that's one that will oxidize and fade, you know. You know, even when you take care of it. Yeah, and in my, in my, uh, I have so many campaigns going on. One day, if I get catch up after I get caught up in Takata, some other things, dealer fees. I'm going after the folks that don't clear coat on their paint and don't disclose it to the customer. You go into a car dealership and you buy a car, and not many of them, but some of those cars don't have clear coat. That means your paint's going to fade a lot faster, and it won't be covered by your manufacturer's warranty typically after about three years. So that's that's my next campaign. Oh boy. Shouldn't happen. Shouldn't be legal. Ricky, you had a point. Actually, we've got a uh, another uh, text in from the YouTube channel. Uh, Frank, of course, is asking, any thoughts on Carvana? He says, we don't have them in Canada yet. Yeah. Carvana? Carvana. Carvana. Yeah. Carvana is a very large company. It's a musical. Uh, they are a publicly traded company. Uh, it was a venture capitalist kind of a thing. They sell used cars. They have great advertising. Uh, they uh, they have great marketing, and uh, they get a lot of good publicity. Uh, they built some sort of a huge garage with a vending machine kind of a thing. So they got that pizzazz and this, and they're selling a lot of used cars. Uh, what worries me about Carvana is they're losing money hand over fist. And... The used car business is a very competitive business, kind of like Tesla. Uh, They're selling a lot of cars, but they're losing a lot of money, too. I could sell cow manure if I sold it cheap enough. You can sell anything if you you sell it cheap enough and you sell it below the cost that it takes to acquire it. So Carvana, I would be... I would be hesitant to go and buy a car from Carvana if you're worried about will they be around 10 years from now or two years from now to take care of the promises that they made you. All right. Um, what, right now we're in an era of like rapid change with the car business. You know, we talked about Uber and Lyft already. We've talked about autonomous vehicles. And there is a huge desire for a better way to buy a car. 
And so we have a lot of companies spring up like Carvana, which are seeking to you know, to, to serve you know that sure. that demand. Sure. And if you guys remember back in the in the in the '90s, um, there are hundreds of these dot-com internet companies uh, that. Are, do not exist anymore, and they're, they're going to. Yeah. Some are going to spring up, some are going to yeah. last. And Call some them are, dot coms; they're gone. They're, a lot of them. I mean, yeah. does everyone remember pets dot com? Carvana, by the way, one of the ways we know why they're having a problem is we know from the wholesale of cars, they pay unreal money for used cars at auctions. They pay more money than the other dealers will pay because they don't care. Uh, and I guess they sell the car at either a low profit or no profit. And they're doing this uh, similar to what uh, Lyft, not Lyft, uh, Uber, Uber will be doing uh, when they go public. When they go public, yeah. uh, you 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 raise a lot of money, and then you can lose a lot of yeah. money. But that's a whole wall. Well, they lost uh, 1.8 billion yeah. last year. Yeah, and Tesla has used the money, yeah. huge amount of money. All right. Well, okay. we're all caught up with text. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have an announcement to make that um, our dog of the oh, week. Yeah. Re- reading my mind. Jonathan in the control room and Ru- Rudy, can we do the uh, Facebook video on the doggy? We we have a dog of the week, and this is kind of a commercial. I said we don't do commercials on this show. We do do commercials. We do uh, Big Dog Ranch Rescue, but Big Dog Ranch Rescue is a not-for-profit, Oof. totally, totally <laughs> not-for-profit. And if you buy Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer, and on Amazon, Amazon.com, you can buy this 100% of the proceeds, not just the profits. There are no profits. Whatever you pay for this book, I give to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. And we have a Big Dog Ranch Rescue commercial. Uh, that's, that's, that's it here. But we also have a dog of the week. And we have a, dog, a doggy named Asher. And we have uh, a video of Asher. We're going to play that video on the air when someone gives me the high sign. Can't do it. Can't do it right now because we're having technical difficulties. But uh, remember the name Asher. Remember Big Dog Ranch Rescue. I'm going to give you Quiet, Asher. a website. Yeah, <laughs> We're going to get to it, Asher. I'm gonna get, Asher is a beautiful dog. <laughs> oh, he's so and, lovable. And he, and he needs a home. And if you go to BigDogRanchRescue.org, www.bdrr, Big D, like Big Dog Ranch Rescue, R-R, www.bdrr.org go there you can see all of our dogs mm-hmm. and we save about 500 a, a month oh yeah it's crazy i mean we save huge thousands of dogs yeah. every year and asher is one of them and please think about asher yeah. if you call the ranch yeah. and this is not a commercial for uh, earl's dealership but on our, we have a great video on our facebook page if you go to just look up earl stewart toyed on facebook and you can see asher in action yeah, cuddling nancy getting, his, <laughs> getting loves, his belly rubbed getting his belly rubbed he loves yeah. getting his belly rubbed trying to steal our popcorn uh, i'm telling you he really <laughs> liked that popcorn hey uh real quick i'm going to get to gina's email that she sent me and it is about mm-hmm. something that's near that's and dear to your heart that and that's that nitrogen yeah. yeah uh nitrogen sure. Here's Asher. No, that's a spider. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Asher does not look like a spider. No. There we go. Let yeah. me hold this up for the camera. Oh, you just, I'll get uh, right I'm back to you, Gina. <laughs> is that cute. a board of camera seeing it? Yeah, I think so. It's a cute puppy. That is Asher. We we had to bring up the webcam photo for the, but that is Asher, folks. Asher's a dog's dog. Oh, okay. As far as uh, Gina is concerned, uh, Gina emailed me about nitrogen, something that's near and dear to Earl's 
heart and uh, a lot of us here uh, you know here at the show uh, so anyway uh, Gina's in the dealership she's uh, purchasing a vehicle and uh, she is uh, trapped uh, they want her to have nitrogen put in her tires and uh, I emailed Gina and told her it was worthless and that uh, as you always say Earl 78% of the air is nitrogen mm -hmm. and uh, they also told her that it was going to improve her fuel her fuel mileage and uh, she wants you to respond to that well positively not uh, consumer reports I know I sound like a broken record did a massive study on nitrogen tires they tested every tire sold in the United States for one year and after one year of exhaustive study they found out that nitrogen in your tires does nothing for you it doesn't improve the wear it doesn't improve the uh, fuel uh, yeah it's just it's worthless if it's free there's nothing wrong with putting nitrogen in your tire because, as Nancy said, the air that you put in your tire now is already 78% nitrogen. You know, I, I once heard a guy that was, a, he ran a, a motorcycle shop, actually, and he was a big fan of nitrogen in the tires, and he said it keeps your tires from wearing out on the inside. Uh-huh. That's a big problem. And I, I sat there <laughs> scratching my head trying yeah. to figure out... <clears throat> What wears the inside of a tire? Well, maybe when he wears out the outside, he turns he them inside them. out and rides on the inside. Must be, because yeah. that'd be a well, pretty good mattress to me. It, you know, as a last plea of by the salesman, he said that Palm Beach County uh, Sheriff's Department, uh, public vehicles, they all have a nitrogen put in their tires. So, Gina, the uh, answer is no, no, no. And I'm glad you got out of there without dotting, uh, signing on the dotted line. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We do have the Mystery Shopping Report coming up so don't go anywhere and we really appreciate you voting on the mystery shopping report we look forward to it we're going to go to john and he is a regular caller from palm city good morning john good morning to everyone hey, john. i just want to talk about what's the 10-year anniversary 2009 the government program which allotted three billion dollars everybody i'm sure remembers it oh, yeah. It was cash for clunkers, mm. and a thorough a report was done last year by the Foundation of American Education. You can look it up on a computer. They estimated that it's a total failure. Of the $3 billion that was spent by the government on it, uh, in absence of the program, the estimated consumer spending would have been $4 billion higher than the actual spending that went on. New car buyers paid as much as 20 to 23% more on new car purchases. Also, uh, uh, some defective things on it. The dealer could keep $50 of the salvage price that they get for the car, with exception of one state, it was Oregon, that required that the dealer paid you exactly what the salvage yard paid him for it. And Earl will probably tell you that was a big discrepancy because... The different salvage yards would charge all different prices for the car. Also, that the dealer was required to put some kind of liquid in the engine and destroy the car completely mechanically. And I'm sure Earl could briefly tell you what he went through. But the main thing is, and also many of the cars were not salvaged. 
Uh, my friend was a car dealer. He's passed away now in the state of Maine, and he had a very good reputation. He was offered some fine used cars that should have been destroyed and weren't, mm -hmm. but he didn't touch one of them because he figured with the serial number of the automobile, it could be in the government consume, you know, sure. computer, and he didn't want any part to take a car like that. But some fine automobiles were saved, which shouldn't have been. They should have been destroyed. So with the finding of the uh, Foundation for American Education, calling it total, total failure. Yeah, right. I just want to get Earl's opinion on that. Has it been 10 years, really? Yeah, well, well the advantage... Uh, the advantage of, was the thank you, thank you, John. 3 billion that the government spent yeah. on the program. It was a great month we had. Yeah, I was going to say that the <laughs> advantage of being in... I always disclose that I'm a car dealer, but uh, talk about mixed emotions. I'm a consumer's advocate, and I'm also a car dealer. So when this program came out, Cash for Clunkers, 10 years ago, uh, I was violently against it. I blogged. I spoke on the radio about it, that it was just a terrible program, and it was going to cost the taxpayers too much money. And during those months of Cash for Clunkers, my dealership made more money than we made I don't know when. Uh, when we look back, July and August, ten yeah, July and August of that year, uh, I look at the financial statement, and we made more money than we ever made. Sold more and it was the expense of the U.S. taxpayer. Uh, I just I feel guilty that I, I admit that. But we found out also, as John alluded to there, that what the dealers were doing, they were taking these clunkers in. And they were giving the $50 or $75 to the owners. And they were turning around and selling them to other people for a lot of money. We auctioned them off to the different people that bought these cars. We would get a clunker that the other dealers were allowing $75 for. And we would get $750 for it or $500 or $400. Uh, and pass that along and, to the customer. And pass along to the customer. So even though we didn't cheat the customer, we still made too much money at the expense of the U.S. taxpayer. So cash for clunkers will go down in history as one of the biggest boondoggles that ever happened. Didn't stimulate the comedy. The only thing it stimulated were car dealers and made them a ton of money. We feel guilty about that. I, I do. I do. Wasted money. Yeah. John, thank and you very much. And the proof of the pudding. Yeah. But this uh, foundation, a thorough report that they issued, and they call it absolutely a total, total failure. John, give me that uh, name again. Uh, I want to write the acronym down. Okay. Foundation for American Education. Very good. Thanks, John. I appreciate the call very much. Okay, look forward to the shopping report. Uh, thank you so much, John. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I just uh, I do have to tell you that in order for us to get to the sh mystery shopping report, um, we do have to, we did take our last call, and your calls are very important to us, so we'll be back next week at the same time, and either that or you can text uh, Stu, and uh, we get a chance from after the mystery shopping report, he might be able to get to them. Yeah, and we have a text. We'll, yeah. we'll do our last text. We got one from, I mean, we are, we are all over the country and all over North America this morning. Uh, we have a text from Don from New York, and he says, My question is, I've been looking for used trucks, and, and last Saturday I went and looked at one um, at a local dealer. I didn't talk to them but looked the truck over. Last night, I was on the dealer website and noticed that the price had jumped almost $1,500. Hmm. Is this a normal practice, or should I steer clear? Well, that'd be a red flag, Don. That's, 
that's unusual. They, uh, the uh, prices usually don't jump up on the website. They usually somebody, go down. Yeah, unless somebody made a mistake. All right, here's my conspiracy theory. Yeah. Mm. They have security cameras on the lot. They saw you looking at this truck, <laughs> looking very interesting, interested, salivating over the truck. And they said, this guy's going to be back. Let's jack the price up. You know what would be fun to do is uh, check Auto Trader. Chances are that dealer has the same car listed on Auto Trader. Yeah. It would be interesting to find out if the price was different yeah. than what he had on his website. Well, usually mo- most dealers are using a pricing tool, so it yeah, kind of right. propagate, propagates yeah. out. But still check. That's that's yeah. a good thought. Very unusual. I uh, we ha- That's a new one. We haven't heard that. And uh, it's time to get now to our mystery shopping report. Hey, j- can I throw one just sure. one quick funny story out sure. from Cash for Clunkers? I uh, I recall didn't we have at least one car that when we were doing that silica gel stuff yeah. that you had to put in the engine to to lock up the engine, <clears throat> then you had to run it till it quit. Right. We had one that the engine exploded. Yes. And the car fire. caught fire. Right. And how? Didn't it take a couple other yeah, cars? Yeah, we, we had so much, so many trade-ins uh, from the cash for clunkers thing that we ran out of room at the dealership. Um, we had a rent um, space down the road in Riviera Beach, and we had a lot set up. And Ted Kabush, our our wholesale guy, uh, he was kind of yeah. overseeing everything, and he poured it in there down at the lot, and it caught on fire. And um, I think it caught another car on fire. Uh, the fire department had to come. We got a great yep. video of it. And um, we put that up on YouTube, and um, it drew a lot of a lot of comments. A lot of people felt very strongly, like you did, about the about the program. And people are saying you deserved it. I hope it catches the whole dealership on fire. <laughs> yeah. Wow! Yeah, Stu's Amazing brother, time. my young my youngest son, uh, got hate mail because yeah. we did a video of Josh was, uh, running the gel on the engine. It was the last. It was the last yep. one we had. Yeah, yeah, the last one we had until it seized the engine and blew the engine up, and. Uh, we had people out there because it was such a nice looking vehicle. I can't, was it a truck? Yeah, it was a 1996 Dodge Dakota, and um, it looked great. And yeah, we we killed it. And we actually had to shut down comments on our YouTube channel yeah. um, because of the um, hostility. And some were actually violent and yeah. yeah. threats to threatening Josh's yeah. life. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh was upset that I put his name on. The, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you could hear his name in the video, and he, yeah. there he was. But you know, we've had a few hateful emails, call, phone calls. Attacks, you know, through the years. It's been quite a journey. Yeah. Okay, Mystery Shopping make Report. Waves. <laughs> <laughs> mystery Shopping Report of Mercedes Benz of Palm Beach. We haven't shopped them ever? Ever. Ever. At the request of our listeners, we've made the effort in recent months to Mystery Shop Luxury brand car deals. We've investigated Jaguar, Acura, Mercedes, uh, and found out these guys often have behave as badly as regular car dealers. You know, I had a misconception about luxury car dealers. And the Mystery Shopping Report changed my understanding because they do uh, take advantage of people. Then I got to thinking, I had a, I envisioned the average BMW, Mercedes, Rolls-Royce guy, gal, as being a sophisticated uh, uh, consumer that was difficult to be taken advantage of and that the electric car dealers would be afraid to take advantage of them like they would an ordinary Joe. Joe Sixpack kind of a guy. But I think about it, you know, we have a lot of, uh, to get serious, a lot of luxury car customers are older. And we have a very uh, high elderly population in South Florida. We do. And unfortunately, we see older people being taken advantage of, and more older people uh, visit luxury car dealerships. So I think that's the answer. And my misconception is, my conception has changed. 
Uh, the same deceptive advertising sales tactics and the hidden fees that we see with Kia and Nissan dealers are just as prevalent as the sophisticated high-end dealerships. One of Agent X's worst shopping experiences actually happened at an Acura dealership that was Napleton Acura back in 2017. It's not just sales tactics. Luxury brand dealers are just as likely as their middle-class counterparts to sell a used car with a dangerous Takata airbag recall. We shot Mercedes-Benz of Fort Pierce last November during the great Romaine recall. Want to remember that? Uh, <laughs> that got more publicity and interest than the Takata airbag. Romaine lettuce. But uh, we shopped and discovered that they were represented as safe a used Honda Accord with a defective Takata airbag. That was one of the most egregious. They actually <coughs> proactively yes. looked the mystery shopper in the eye and said, this is a safe car. And it could, not only wasn't safe, it could not be fixed. For today's show, we chose another Mercedes dealer to investigate, Mercedes-Benz of Palm Beach on Okeechobee Boulevard in West Palm Beach. Mercedes-Benz of Palm Beach is one of three Mercedes dealers in Palm Beach County. The other two are Mercedes-Benz of North Palm Beach and Mercedes-Benz of Delray. Now, the one in Delray is owned by AutoNation. Okay. The one, the two, North Palm Beach and West <coughs> Palm Beach, and the one we shop today is Palm Beach Toyota, but they're in West Palm Beach, uh, are owned by Mercedes. a group. Mercedes, not Toyota. Mercedes, what did I say? <laughs> I apologize. i got Toyota on my mind because I'm a Toyota dealer. It's the only natural. Who, who owns them? Is it Gulfstream I'm Motors? Trying, I was Googling. If you can find I it, couldn't. I, I searched yeah, I, I Googled, too. I'll get that information. They're owned by a large owner of Mercedes dealerships based in New York. Is it Gulfstream Motors? Gulfstream is the old, no. old one. Gulfstream okay. older, uh, Ernie Baston owned Gulfstream, uh, bought out Gulfstream Motors. I don't know who owned Gulfstream. And Ernie Baston bought about in the 60s, and he added up until like the 90s. And then they sold out to this large group of, uh, and it could be a, a family type of thing. But one Mercedes group owns a bunch of Mercedes dealerships, and they own West Palm Beach, Palm Beach Mercedes, and North Palm Beach Mercedes. Uh, of the 83 used cars offered for sale, this is a, really interesting. Of the 83 used cars offered for sale on Palm Beach Mercedes website, 77 were Mercedes vehicles. Highly unusual. Mm -hmm. Only six were off-brand. Initially, we thought this would hamper our search for a Takata car, but we checked National Highway Traffic Safety Association's recall spotlight page and learned that there are a bunch of Mercedes that are potentially affected by the Takata recall. So attention, Mercedes buyers, owners. And uh, if, you, if you're a Mercedes owner, go to... Nearly every model. Yeah, most every model has a... You have a high likelihood of having a dangerous airbag. So you go to safercar.gov, safercar.gov. That's the NHTSA, National Highway Traffic Safety Association. NHTSA, go to safercar.gov, and you will find out, put your VIN number in, you'll find out if that vehicle has a defective Takata air, airbag. <clears throat> we found two right off the bat, 2012 C-Class with no fix, passenger side Takata airbag, and a 2016 E is an Earl class, also <laughs> with no fix Takata airbag recall. Both were advertised for sale on MercedesPalmBeach.com. MercedesPalmBeach.com. According to Mercedes-Benz USA Recall website, parts for the 2012 class will not be available until January 2020. 
And get this. The parts for the 2016 E-Class, E-Class, will not be available until May of 2020. Shocking. Over a year from now. Shocking. And, again, uh. <coughs> I know we've got some Florida legislator folks out there. I know we probably have some U.S. legislative folks out there listening. If not, we have people that voted for you. The governor, our new governor, We've got a lot of folks out the Attorney General. A lot of uh, this is a pretty well listened to radio show. And when you add YouTube and Facebook uh, and my blog, everybody knows what's going on. Someone out there, you attorneys, how can it be possible that you are making it legal for Palm Beach Mercedes or any car dealer anywhere to sell a used vehicle with a defective airbag? that cannot be fixed. This one can't be fixed on the 2016 until May of 2020. 16 months. Yeah. Shocking. Ah, I'm starting to hyperventilate. Again. Yeah. Anybody got a, a brown paper bag? <laughs> I have the... Uh, I need to breathe. The yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, we sent Agent X... I'm nope. sorry. We sent Agent Thunder to determine if Mercedes-Benz of Palm Beach would disclose the recalls and to see if they were willing to sell these extremely dangerous used vehicles. Here's our report. <coughs> Speaking in the first person, this is I were Agent Thunder. I arrived at the dealership at 12.30 p.m. I exited my vehicle, approached the showroom, immediately greeted by a young salesman named Ryan. We name names, folks. Ryan gave off good vibes. He smiled warmly, expressed a genuine friendliness in his conversational style. He asked if I had come to see anything specific. I said I was open to anything, but I had seen a low mileage, 46,000 miles, 2012 C-Class online. I told him that I noticed the listing said to call for the price, and that intrigued me. That, that's pretty. That's kind of old school, call for price. Yeah, and, and that was that was rare on their site too. Rare. Most yeah. of them had, yeah. the, had the prices. Rare. You see call for price, run. <laughs> Don't walk away. Don't run. call. Yeah. If asked if I happened to remember the stock number, I pulled out a paper I had printed from the listing. I told him it was stock number P7395A. P7395A. It's a bit of trivia. P in car dealer vernacular language purchase. code means purchase. That means it wasn't traded in. Well, the A suggests it was traded, traded in, in on yeah. a purchase car. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, this means... Like somebody bought a purchase car. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, who cares, right? I'm just yeah. rambling. I'm digressing. <laughs> Industry <laughs> stuff. Ryan left to go check. He returned quickly, apologized. He said it wasn't available for sale due to a recall on the airbag. We were so happy when we yes. saw that. Now I'm, I'm giddy, as my son <laughs> likes to say. I asked him why they couldn't just fix it, and he replied with a non-answer about it being an older 2012, and they couldn't fix it. Now, I'm... A psychologist, I play one on TV. That's what a salesman says when he doesn't know the answer. He makes up one because it's silly. They're not fixing it because it can't be fixed. They're not fixing it because it's an older model 2012 and they couldn't fix it. But you want to give them a quick answer. That's what happened there. So we're positive now, right? We're on a roll. As nice as Ryan was, I had the impression he was not educated on the Takata issue. I changed the subject and informed him that there was another car I wanted to see and told him about the 2016 E-Class. 
Ryan Check. If you just tuned in, we're Mystery Shopping, Palm Beach Toyota on Okeechobee Boulevard. Palm Beach Mercedes. What do you call that when you keep saying the wrong thing over and over? An, an obsessive thought that you can't clear from your brain. Perhaps a mini stroke? No, a TI Merce- to stop. No, Mercedes Benz of Palm Beach. Mercedes Benz, I'm sorry. A Freudian slip. Freudian, could be Freudian. That's more like it, Rick. Yeah, yeah cars, you know, they are sexual. That is something that the dealers exploit in terms of the emotional one. They mm-hmm. have. I digress again. Yes. I waited longer this time, but Orion eventually pulled up to the front of the showroom in a beautiful white 2016 E-Class. I walked out to meet him. He walked around the car, sat inside. It was nice. It had a red and black leather interior, and the miles were super low, only 10,000. That is low. 2016, 10,000 miles. It makes you wonder why they traded it back in. Could be because they found it out it had a Takata airbag recall. We drove it. I asked Ryan about its mechanical condition. He said he was in, it was in perfect shape. I couldn't disagree. It drove great. I was falling in love with it. I asked him about accidents as we pulled back into the parking lot. He said it had never been in an accident. Ryan opened the glove box and took out a printed copy of the Carfax report. He said he'd bring it inside with us. He did that. We found Ryan's office and sat down. He handed me the Carfax report and asked me how I liked the car. Total open transparency here. I said it was amazing as I thumbed through the Carfax report. When I saw the Takata recall, it read, status, remedy, not yet available. Hmm. I asked him about it. Ryan said, they had fixed the issue. This is, this is where it gets cloudy and confusing. When I asked about the remedy not yet available, black and white, I'm looking at it, he said he was pretty sure it had been resolved and that he could sell it. I moved on. Mm-hmm. Disturb, now, we, now, we, now, we confirmed this because yeah. when I read this, yes. it confused me. So we confirmed with Agent Thunder, please clarify, this is not really making sense. He says, I asked him again. He yes. says, it's been taken care yes. of. And we also confirmed later by checking with Mercedes. Yeah, Mercedes' own recall website um, says that the parts are not available until yeah. May of 2020, as of this morning. Yeah. So unless there was a mistake somewhere that they haven't cleared up, this is just blatantly untrue. Right. He asked if I was financing. I said I was. I told him I had impeccable credit and I'd be putting $10,000 down. I said, you're asking 36995 Are you flexible? Ryan replied that they were pretty much one price. So he'd write it up at the asking price. I didn't protest. He left and returned with a worksheet. Buyers were now. For those of you listening and we're not off the, we're off the Dakota temporarily, if you're negotiating with a, with a salesperson and they say that they're pretty much one price, that is the signal that they're not one price. Even if they say they're one price, they're probably not one price. When they say they're pretty much one price, the signal to the good negotiator would be. But Agent Thunder is a new. He is, and I think he was. Uh, he was a, he adopted the, the well. He adopted the, the persona of a um, yeah, well-to-do Larry Lee. Yeah. yeah. What do we call a well-to-do Larry Lee now? A uh, Lawrence lay down. Lawrence lay down. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm as quick as Josh sometimes, aren't I? Okay. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I am too. Now he's selling the car for thirty-six thousand nine ninety-five, plus here it is eight hundred and forty-five dollar dock fee. 
That's where they dock you for eight hundred forty-five dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom. Sales tax and, and six hundred eleven dollars in non-tax fees. Now that's good that they put that there because it reminds me to remind you the way you tell a dealer fee is if they charge sales tax on it. If there's no tax on a fee, it's legitimate. If there's sales tax on a fee, it's illegitimate. So $845 dock fee is illegitimate, and they charge them 6% sales tax on that. The non-tax fees were 611 There was no sales tax on that. That's the acid test, sales tax or no tax. He pointed out I, I could be at $506 per month for 72 months with $10,000 down. I said we were really close. I wanted to be just under 500, but I wasn't crazy about going 72 months. You're right about that. Shouldn't be crazy about that. I said I need to talk to my wife. I suggested that I go home to discuss with her, and then we talked to his boss about getting me down under $500 for the shorter term. Ryan said his boss would be more willing to come down if I were in the showroom. It showed more commitment. I declined, and we shook hands and left. Now, that's old school. That's the way cars are sold. That's old school selling. And uh, you don't want them to go home with the best price. So you leave a little tickler there. We'll come down if you'll stay here for a while. We'll come down. If you're going to leave, you're going to have to come back to find out how low we were going to come down. That's old school car selling. Here's the epilogue. We're not sure what to make of that. Agent X, uh, Agent Thunder's take was that Ryan was confused and or he had bad information about the Takata recall. His earlier comments about the 2012 not being able to be fixed because his age indicated that he was not completely informed or maybe he was misinformed yeah. uh, by his manager. Agent Thunder uh, did not feel it was intentional. Yeah. In, in my conversation with Agent Thunder, he says he got the feeling that for some reason Ryan was associating the age of the car with the ability yeah. to fix it, like, yeah. like like no one has ever discussed this with him. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> in summary, what this tells to me tells me, and I'm looking at the Carfax report now, where it says in red, recall incomplete remedy not yet available and then further on it says it's not available until may of 2020 so uh, it's a travesty that they're selling this car uh, i think that the real travesty and i'm going back to the our regulators and our legislators that allow this to happen legally because people just don't care about it anymore uh, the salesmen aren't filled in the managers probably aren't filled in a lot of the dealers probably have forgotten about it and the Takata airbag has become a non-event. And there's millions of them on the road. They're becoming more unsafe every day. The ammonium nitrate and the inflators are degrading every day with the heat, heat and humidity. So today there's hundreds of them on the road that are potentially explosive that weren't yesterday. And tomorrow there'll be hundreds more. And there are currently millions on the road. And here's this uh, travesty of justice, uh, risking your life when you buy a car. Mm -hmm. So we've come to the end of another shopping report. We've got a little bit of time left here. Got some grades. And my uh, Apple Watch says I should stand. <laughs> and I can't do that now because I'm doing a radio show. That's okay. Well, we have grades that are coming in online, and uh, they're almost unanimous. <laughs> so we have Nick gives it an F with three exclamation points. Mm -hmm. Anne gives him an F. Becca gives him a D minus. You're too kind, Becca. Uh, Kyle gives him an F, and Neil gives him an F. 
So uh, there you go. That's the, the feedback. Well, uh, so far, texters, our listeners have failed them. Uh, we'll, we'll wait for a few more inputs because we've got some time left. And I have a little, <clears throat> it's not a digression, I have a little interesting thing that I learned. Uh, I won't uh, I won't accuse Palm Beach and Mercedes of anything. But I had a conversation that arose from my anonymous feedback blog where I asked car salespeople to talk to me about the, the dealer fee anonymously. And I had a car salesperson that came in to speak to me anonymously. And I spoke to him for 45 minutes, long conversation. And it had to do with Palm Beach Toyota. He told me, and this is all alleged, so you attorneys out there, you know, you know put your pencils down. This is alleged. Uh, from an anonymous, purely, and I'm using this uh, conversation now to educate the consumers. He told me, and I believe this because I did check it out, that the manufacturers, some manufacturers, will allow the dealers a credit, and I mentioned this early in the show, if you lease a car with a few miles on it, up to 3,000 miles. One of his allegations was that Palm Beach Mercedes was doing this. And he was, he was, they were putting in 2,900 miles when they leased a car so they could pick up the profit on the lease, not disclosing it to the customer. So the reason I'm bringing this up now is when you're leasing a car, be sure you check to see what mileage they're putting down on that lease contract that is going to the manufacturer. Because if they are putting a higher mileage than exists on the actual odometer, then they're stealing from the leasing company. This would have been Mercedes leasing if this were true, and I don't know if it's true. If it were true, it would be stealing from the leasing company. And the reason this stuck in my mind is because I've been in the business for over 50 years. I didn't know about that. This is new to me. That I This is another way that car dealers can steal, and they can steal, in this case, from the leasing company and manufacturers. So uh, if we have some more grades, from our listening audience, we can listen to those. Otherwise, we'll go around the table, start with Rick Kearney. Rick, how do you score Palm Beach Mercedes? Um, I'm going to give him a C, but I'm giving Ryan a D because I think he needs to be educated. I think he's he's he sounds yeah. uneducated on this situation, yeah. and that that's something that uh, you can't sell a car if you don't know what you're selling. Exactly. Nancy, what do you think? I think that Mercedes-Benz of Palm Beach should receive an F, and Ryan should receive an F. You're tough. You're really tough. I, I was going for uh, the, the full full fail. Um, then Rick did make a point. The the dealership itself, you know, hold on a second. I'm going to correct myself mid-thought. I'm giving them, giving them an F. Um, it's the dealership's responsibility to train their salespeople on this sort of thing. I mean, I do believe that, that Ryan was – just confused and ignorant about the situation. Um, however, you can't make mistakes like this. Uh, this is a the only silver lining to the whole thing is that it's a 2016 vehicle and it's not in the the most dangerous stage of the of the degradation of the accelerant. Getting close, right? It's, yeah, so it's three years. You get six, seven years, then yeah. it's gonna you know. So um, that's this one saving grace. But the, the the problem is is that nobody takes it seriously. Um, if they took it seriously, they would. They would train their salespeople. Um, even if they wanted to keep selling it, they, they would at least disclose the, the, the existence of these recalls. Yeah. Let, let the Because if, if, if Agent Thunder was a real customer, 
he would have bought that car, yeah. driven off the lot, completely yeah. unaware, because he would he had been told that it was taken care of. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I waffled on the grade too, but you know if we don't draw a line in the sand when a salesman tells a customer that the car they're buying when he when he when he tells a customer that's been fixed, that's that's proactively misrepresenting. It could be accidental, but. Uh, we got to draw the line somewhere because everybody's going to say, uh, you know, I I thought it was all the the written information on the Carfax, and he could have checked with his own dealership. Yeah. You could go into the service file, you could go into the computer. It would have shown that car yeah. had been fixed. You could have called Mercedes. Yeah, you could I mean, have done so many things. This when they pointed out that. The Carfax had no fix at that point. Ryan said it yeah. should have gotten up and said, "Let me check on this," and asked around, yeah. and he would have found out. Yeah, and uh, the, the fact of the matter is, this is not in the minds of consumers either. We have to keep reminding ourselves that um, most people out there, you can talk to stop somebody on the street and say Takata airbag, the odds are about fifty-fifty. They'll punch they, you. Yeah, well, they won't know what you're talking right. about. Yeah, <laughs> what'd you yeah. call me? Right. You know, I I, I think I'm going to change my grade down to an F on them. Yeah. Because the more I'm thinking about it, also, is from the report, even Agent Thunder, who, granted, he's 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 a little new, a little green yet, but even he said he was falling in love with that car. Yeah. And once the emotions start taking over, the uh, I know my myself when my wife started driving her new Rav, the emotions took over. Mm-hmm. I could have told her that that car was going to suddenly fire steel darts at her. She wouldn't have cared. <laughs> Bring it on. No, yeah. I mean, it just. Sure drives nice. Good yeah. point. Yeah, so <laughs> she, you know, he would have driven away in that car and never known that it had that issue. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we could get, you know, uh, as long as we're talking about that, this sort of uh, apathy, <clears throat> I wish we could get a politician to call a show. Have we ever had a politician call a show? You had a debate between Carl Domino and Brian Miller about 15 years ago. A long time ago. I remember that. I'd forgotten yeah. about that. Yeah, Carl Domino, you're out there. Uh, he didn't get elected, but he ran. Uh, I'll, I'll even accept somebody that ran and got and got defeated. I, why, why are politicians so reluctant to call the show? I would just like to have anybody. You, you might have better luck with somebody that lost their uh, lost the race. Yeah, you're right. Carl Carl, Carl Domino, are you out there? Call the show. What do you think? Uh, a regulator, somebody from the Attorney General's office, somebody from the County Office of Consumer Affairs, yeah. the Better Business Bureau, right? Somebody. I mean, Jupiter Town Commission. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> somebody. Somebody call the dog catcher. Yeah. Where are you at? <laughs> I, I, Come on, Rudy. Where, where's the, where's the bar? Bar- Never mind. It, it's barbaric <laughs> you fell that you allow <laughs> someone to buy a car without disclosure that could kill you. It's barbaric. Yeah. All kidding aside, yeah. you know, uh, it is just a, a damn shame. Well, let me give out the anonymous. Maybe you want to be anonymous. You politicians, yeah. you be anonymous. Tell me you're a politician. Yeah. We don't want to know your name. Anonymousfeedback.com. Your. Your. Anonymousfeedback.com. Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, feedback, F-E-E-D-B-A-C-K.com, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Tell us if you're a regulator, if you're a legislator, tell us why you won't make it illegal. Okay, we're out of time. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Let us know why these car dealers should sell the cars anyway with this exploding shrapnel that could kill you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of the show. Thanks for tuning in, Daryl Stewart on Cars. And we'll be right back here next week. So you can tune in at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning. Have a wonderful weekend, and thank you. Thank you.